everybody to the Abba Father broadcast. I pray God will show you just how much He loves you today as we meditate in His Word together. You can reach me at davidspires.org, but for now, let's go straight into the Word recorded live at the Epicenter. Tonight, I want to talk about playing injured. Okay? You might be injured, but let me tell you something. God still wants you in the game, okay? Even if you got a bad injury, you might have some serious problems, but God wants you in the game and He wants you to score. In fact, He wants you to run up the score because we've already won, right? We're more than conquerors through Christ, but He wants to run up the score. He wants to lavishly reward you. It's like in Luke, uh, Luke uh, 19.7, you know, where it says that, where Jesus said, look, you were faithful over very few things. You were faithful in very little. Therefore, have rule over 10 cities. And that's pretty lavish, isn't it? He just wants to, he wants to want you to run up the score so he can bless you. Okay, so how are we going to score? How are we going to run up the score? Well, first of all, we just got to get in the game. Okay, now some people aren't in the game. They're kind of absent, maybe sitting on the sidelines. Okay. But uh, no more excuses, okay? Because we know from the parables that Jesus taught, God's not really too keen on excuses, is He? That doesn't really impress Him that much. So, but some people say, I can't play or I can't serve God because I'm injured, right? I'm just a little bit too angry from my last relationship to serve God or something like that. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm a little too depressed to serve God right now. I'm in a horrible marriage. I have horrible parents. I have horrible children. It's something horrible, right? That you blame it on, right? Um, you might, and this is a good one. Oh, I have this little sin problem, okay? But as soon as I get this thing straightened out, then I'll serve God. How many have heard that one a few times? Or this is probably my personal favorite. I'm just not called to serve God, right? I actually had somebody in here tell me the other day, it's like, because we usually pray up here on Monday nights, and they're like, well, praying's just not my thing. And all that preaching y'all do, you know, preaching's just not my thing. And you know, studying the Word of God, that's just, I'm like, what is your thing? Uh, but you know, some of them actually have really good excuses, like, I'm too sick. Or maybe you have some other problem or excuse that I'm not aware of. But you know, but nothing, none of these excuses really disqualifies you from serving God. There's only, there's really only one thing that disqualifies you from serving God. And it's not sin. Because if sin disqualified us from serving God, I don't think anybody could serve God, right? But there's only one thing that disqualifies us, and that's us. That's our lack of faith. But, but you know, I'm here to tell you tonight, this game is almost over, and God wants you in the game, and He wants you to score, okay? So, basically, we simply, first of all, we just got to get back in the game, okay? Number two, we got to take some responsibility, okay? How many remember Tommy Franks? That was the general that marched through um, Iraq into Baghdad. Remember the general that did that? I was watching him, they, they did an interview with this guy, and here he is, and the, and the interviewer um, said, look, um, and, and the interviewer had pictures of him when he was like in college, and he was like this skinny, pimply-faced kid, he was very insecure, and the interviewer says, what took you from this scared, pimply-faced kid in college to what they're saying is one of the greatest generals in U.S. history. And he kind of thought about it for a minute, and he says, well, he goes, actually, it's three words, only three words that my daddy taught me, but I didn't really apply them until I got out of college. Just three words. It's my fault. Because he said, at the end of the day, people aren't trying to hear a bunch of excuses. They want to know who's taking responsibility. And that's what, he said, that's what made him a great general. 
Okay. But, uh, but God is looking for some people that will take responsibility in his kingdom. And, you know, I think that's what made David so great. You know, that's what made David a man after God's own heart because he took responsibility for the kingdom of God, even though he had some serious problems, didn't he? You know, I'm talking about King David. How many would consider adultery and murder a serious problem? Okay, but, but David didn't quit because of that, did he? But what, what if he would have quit after that? Then we would have no kingdom of Israel, right? And we'd have no, we'd have no book of Psalms if he'd have quit right after that tragedy, right? But he didn't quit. He took responsibility, he confessed his sins, he got back up and he got back in the game. Injured a little bit, but he got back in the game, right? So no matter, it doesn't matter how many times you get knocked down, it only matters how many times you get back up. Okay, and what about Chronicles 121 when it said Satan stood up to tempt David? I really would like y'all to read that sometime. But it said Satan himself stood up to tempt David, and, and you know, and David fell to that temptation, and because of that, 70,000 people died because of David's sin. Now, don't you know David lost a little bit of sleep over that? I mean, how many would agree that would have been a good time for David to quit, right? But he didn't quit there, because if he would have quit there, there'd have been no kingdom, right? And there would have been no book of Psalms. But he didn't quit, even after being knocked down by Satan himself, okay? You know, sometimes it's just not the world and the flesh that's beating you down. Sometimes the devil actually attacks you. Okay, we know he, he did it to Job, he did it to David, he, he attacked Jesus, so we know that the devil does that. But, and I want to read this verse in 1 Peter 4.12, it says, Beloved, don't think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as if some strange thing is happening to you. Because, man, this is the heritage of the people that try to do something for God. Man, they're going to get attacked. And you know what? David, David found himself where everybody was against him. His friends were against him, his family was against him, but he still didn't quit. Right now, check this out in First Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. This is what it says David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, but he encouraged himself in the Lord. Now, I don't know, you guys may have a bad day here or there, but everybody in the whole nation, his friends and family, wanted to kill him. Now, how many would agree when your friends and family and basically everybody wants to kill you? Well, it might be an indication that it might be time to quit, to give up, right? But he didn't, did he? <laughs> man, if time permitted, man, I could talk about his other epic failures, like with his um, children and how whacked they were and the time that he went insane in Samuel 21, 15. You know, serving God isn't always pretty. You know, sometimes we, we need to go to the doctor. We need to go to the counselor. We need to take the antidepressants. Okay. But, you know, I know some people actually with serious mental illness. But you know what? They take those drugs and they serve God anyway. Okay. And I'm sure David, and I didn't research this, but I'm sure David got sick and the flu just like us. I'm sure he had injuries from those wars, but he didn't quit. So it really doesn't matter how many times you fail. It only matters how many times you get back up. Okay. And if anybody had a reason to quit, it was David. But what would have happened if David would have quit after his failures? Did you know there would be no nation of Israel? Do you know David? Th think about this. David was the first real king that united Israel. You follow me? 
And if it wasn't for David, then the nation of Israel wouldn't been established. And the word of God would not been preserved and the prophets would not be preserved. The lineage of Christ, which was David, would not be preserved. But, um, but it was David that actually it was his military power that created the stability for the nation of Israel to exist. And, um, you know, if he would have quit, there'd have been no Bible, basically, as we know it. There'd have been no Psalms. There'd have been no lineage of Christ. How many know the story of Bathsheba, right? That was an epic failure. What if he'd have quit after that? Well, who was Solomon? Bathsheba had Solomon. That was in the lineage of Christ. Is anybody feeling what I'm saying? If David, even though he had all these problems, he did not quit. Okay. So I want to talk about why didn't David quit? Okay. It's because he took responsibility for the kingdom of God. Pop quiz. Are you taking any responsibility for the kingdom of God? You know what happens when you take responsibility for the kingdom of God? Man, you get attacked. I mean, people come out of nowhere to hate you when you start serving God, right? But that's what happens. But why did God choose David to be the foundation of Israel? Why did he choose David? For, it says Jesus will sit on the throne of David. In fact, it says Jesus is the son of David. God gave David the deepest revelations in the book of Psalms. You know, why was David so special? Why was he a man after God's own heart? You know, when God was looking for a man to establish his nation. He didn't choose somebody that was squeaky clean, did he? He didn't, he didn't choose somebody that dressed for success. He didn't, he didn't look for a holy man, a righteous man. You know, he didn't look for a good man. No. By, by his own admission, David said, I was born in sin and conceived in iniquity. Okay, and as his life played out, it kind of played out that way, didn't it? Even his children. I mean, he'll go down in history as probably being the worst father on record. How many know the story of David's children? Rape, murder, treason. No, God wasn't looking for squeaky clean when he chose David. He was looking for somebody that wouldn't quit. He was looking for somebody that would play injured. He was looking for somebody that would take responsibility for his kingdom and not make excuses. 1 Samuel 22.2 says, Everyone that was distressed, everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves to David. And he became captor, captain over them, and there was about 400 men. And this is kind of a sad note, not a side note from the sermon really, but it, I think God loved David because he accepted all the rejects of society. You know what I'm saying there? But these 400 rejected men, if you think about it, these men were the foundation of the kingdom of God. So when God chose those first 400 men to found his kingdom, man, he wasn't looking for squeaky clean, was he? Now, I, remember, I remember hearing this, listening to this pastor's wife, and this is what she said. She goes, you know, I have evolved so far in my Christianity that I don't even know any sinners anymore. You believe that? But you know what? I got a feeling that all 400 of these men that David was with, they were all sinners. But I'll tell you one thing about these 400 sinners and David himself, they were willing to take some responsibility for the kingdom of God, weren't they? Man, I tell you, I'd rather have a ministry a foot from hell than in an ivory tower where I didn't even know any sinners. How about you? 
I tell you what, God's not looking. I, I guess I'm basically here to tell you tonight, God's looking for some servants and He's not looking for squeaky clean. Okay, He's just looking for some people that will serve. You know what, if you're, if you're drowning, okay, and somebody's on the dock with a life preserver, do you really care if that person has any issues or not? Do you really think they care if you have issues? Man, they just want you to throw them the life preserver, right? Or what about this? What if you really need brain surgery? Okay, and the best brain surgeon in the world has got a few issues. Do you really care what his issues are? It really doesn't matter what your issues are. What matters is, are you going to serve God or not? Okay, so if God chose these 400 men and David, he's choosing you tonight to do some work for him. Amen. Okay, and I'll tell you one thing. God didn't choose you because you were good. I got this verse here for you. It's not by works of righteousness that we have done, but according to his mercy, he has saved us. That's Titus 3, 5. He saved you and called you according to his purpose. Are you fulfilling his purpose tonight? Are you concerned with the kingdom of God? Are you taking responsibility? But, you know, I think another reason that, that God chose David is because this man wanted to sing, right? This man would sing all those songs he wrote. He was willing to dance. He, he was not ashamed of the gospel, was he? Does that sound like you tonight? Are you willing to sing even though you might have some issues? Are you willing to serve even though you have some issues? Willing to praise God anyway, even if you got some issues? Are you willing to take responsibility for the kingdom of God even though you might have a couple issues? Are you willing to play injured tonight? You know, when God called him, if you remember the parables, when he called him to the feast, when he called him to the wedding, when he called him to work in the vineyard, he didn't pre-qualify them saying, look, when you get your life straightened up, you get cleaned up, you get your hair cut, you know, get some new clean, no, he said, come now, come as you are, let's get to work, right? And I'm going to close with this right here. 2 Timothy 4, 7 says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not to me only, but to all them that love his appearing. Now, Paul talks about this crown of righteousness that he's going to receive. Is he going to receive this crown of righteousness because of all these rewards he stacked up for being a good moral person? Is that why he receives the crown? Isn't it Paul that said, O wretched man that I am? Who will deliver me from this evil body of sin? The things that I want to do, I don't do. And the, and the things that I do do, I, it's just the grace of God. You see what I'm saying? The, the thing is, is that it, Paul is not talking about being good and moral. He's talking about being faithful. He's talking about finishing the race. He's talking about not quitting. He's talking about fulfilling God's purpose. So tonight, I just want to close with this question, you know, are, are you just about ready to get in the game and play whether you're injured or not, whether you have some issues or not? Are you just about ready to press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ? Hey man, aren't you glad David had all those issues? Doesn't it give us hope? Doesn't it, doesn't it really give us hope that we can really do something great for God? All right guys, I hope that encouraged you.